You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. Now batting for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball, the host, Al Melchior. Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball. Welcome, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball, and I'm your host, Al Melchior. And you know what day it is. should know what day it is. It's Nando Thursday, and it's the last one we're going to do this season. Uh, Nando, thank you for this Nando Thursday and all the Nando Thursdays this year. Well, thank you for allowing me to have Nando Thursdays, Al. It's been an honor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, the reason why this is the last one is that a uh, little programming announcement here. Uh, we'll be on tomorrow, but then uh, after that, we are going to a once-a-week schedule for FanRag Fantasy Baseball. going to be uh, something totally different. I don't think I've ever done a Saturday show before. Uh, so we're going to be on every week on Saturdays. I think it's 2 o'clock Eastern. I'm almost like 99% sure. I'll confirm that <laughs> by tomorrow's show. It's a well-practiced plug. <laughs> Keep you hanging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah obvi- honestly, obviously. Just, uh, you know, turn on Fantasy Sports uh, Radio Network on Saturdays and just you know, stay for the whole, for the whole schedule. And yeah. I'll, I'll be on there. That's so, a plan. That's a good idea. Uh, that, yeah, I, I think it's, a, it's an excellent plan. So uh, anyhow, now, you know, we got so much to talk about uh, and whole whole lot of day baseball today. And with that, some day baseball news. Not a whole lot of night baseball tonight, just six games on the slate. But I'll try to stay on top of the uh, the lineups and the weather for that. But it uh, appears Michael Conforto has left the game, uh, with a, and he's been diagnosed with a dislocated shoulder. So that sounds very bad. That's Well, it's the Mets. Like, when you, I was looking at the notes, I was going through the rotation just to double-check who's actually in and who's out. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is poor team. The only team with worse luck are the Mariners. Is the Mariners. Is Seattle are the Mariners, right? It, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that, that's, that's correct. Uh, and I, I'm not sure that's correct, though, that they have worse luck. I mean, it, they have really bad luck, but I don't know. It could be worse than the Mets. And, you know, I saw a tweet. I think it was from Christy Ackert, uh, one of the Mets beat writers earlier today. And somebody was asking about, you know, why don't they just basically shut everybody down, shut all these pitchers down? And she said, well, they really want to pitch. But is, isn't that kind of the problem that, you know, Thor wanted to pitch and, and he probably shouldn't have and uh, Matt's pitched all year when he probably shouldn't have? Right, right. But that's always the case with pitchers. You know, that's I mean, that's like nothing new to the I, Mets or unique to right, the Mets, I, mean, they I guess. They want to pitch. Yeah. Yeah. They should be saying, well, no, you, know, you yeah, cannot. Lots of... <laughs> that's what, that's, that's so, what we're missing. Yeah, lots the prestige. Of... <laughs> of course. Uh, well, lots to get to. The, the big Rich Hill start. Man, talk about bad luck. That was that was crushing. Poor guy. Uh, Robbie Ray is, Robbie Ray is back. Speaking of that, Mets Diamondbacks game. So a whole lot of stuff to get to. Uh, we'll talk a whole lot about Rich Hill, though, mostly. So stick around for that and a whole lot more. Going to hit the break, and then we'll be right back to talk about all that good stuff. 
In 2016, Scott Engel predicted an impressive second season from Melvin Gordon. Jake Seeley recommended Jordan Howard. Bobby McMahon forecasted a JGI breakthrough. George Kurtz saw a big year coming from Matt Ryan. And Joe Galina picked Rashard Matthews as one of his top sleepers. These predictions turn fantasy owners into champions, and the same crew returns this year. With more savvy calls in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package at RotoExperts.com. Don't miss the calls that create winners. Register now and enter free radio at checkout for a special discount. May it be an evening star shines down upon you. Welcome back. This is FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I feel like I have to kind of moderate my voice there. I don't want to drown Enya out. Uh, it is Nando Thursday, so that usually means Enya Thursday. Anyway, welcome Al, back. it's not just Thursdays, is it? And, uh, not the Enya? Yeah, I thought the guys were telling oh, me they put Enya on a, a good amount. Uh, I guess I just noticed more when you're on the show. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Al, by the way. It's b- a very, it's a, yeah. Big news from the studio here. Please, Nada. We bought a fish. What's that? That's so cool. We got a beta fish. What, what kind? We just got a purple beta fish in yeah. a bowl. That's it. That's good. Uh Fills, fills the time, I guess. Uh, <laughs> maybe during breaks, go check out the fish, uh, feed the fish, but not too, not too much. Right, right. So uh, six pellets a day. We read up on it. Okay, that's good. That's good. So with everything that's going on there, you're taking the time for proper fish care. <laughs> what kind of people would we be if we didn't now? <laughs> not, not people that you know. I'd, I'd want to be doing. Yeah, you don't want to associate yourself, good. even if it's just Saturdays. No, no, no. Yeah. Even yeah, even if just Saturdays, uh, gotta gotta take care of the fish. Well, if you got I got any... more, I'll have more time on my hands. I can, I can come out and take care of the fish. I was say, Al, as a, as master of puns, if you can come up with a good name for the fish, we'll accept it. So far, the leading contender is Mike Gillisley, uh, named after the football running back. But feel free to dig yeah. in. Uh, seems like that should be a, a fun challenge. Seems like we, I should be able to come up with something. And, and I think the listeners, the listeners should pitch in with that i think i would love that that'd mean a lot listeners all right well uh, y'all know i keep a keep a twitter window open during the show so uh uh hit us up with uh with fish names <laughs> all right well we, we got on the a, baseball. Lot, a lot to get to in the in the out of the, the non-fish world although speaking of the fish uh it's eight eight six now what just happened there uh marlin's got to run back it's eight six phillies stanton's homered again of course reese hoskins has homered, so already my notes on Reese Hoskins for the show are outdated. Um, <laughs> looking forward to talking about him. Though. It was still a good question, um, though. It, it got me stumped. I don't want to foreshadow too much. Okay, yeah. it's it's a it's a, it's a hard question. Yeah, we got a, a difficult Reese Hoskins question coming up, uh, and it's in one of the later segments. So you need to stick around for the whole show today. Anyhow, let's get to the news. Uh, as I mentioned very offhandedly in the first segment, Rich Hill. He had a, a no-hitter for nine innings, but he didn't have a no-hitter. Top of the 10th, or, or uh, was that? The, I'm trying to remember where that game was. Well, in the 10th inning, uh, Josh Harrison with the walk-off. And, of course, it's in Pittsburgh. It's a walk-off home run. Uh, bottom of the 10th, Josh Harrison hits the walk-off homer off of Rich Hill. So that's a big bummer. We're going to talk uh, about Rich Hill in greater detail a little bit later on. Uh, Robinson Cano left yesterday with a tight left hamstring, scheduled to have an MRI today. 
Jerry's Familia is going to be activated tomorrow for the Mets. Uh, don't know when he will be uh, brought in to close, but uh, based on the statements I've seen from Terry Collins, would seem like sometime before the end of season and, and maybe sooner than later. Uh, well, I know, what's your impression on that, Nando? I think it's a bad idea, uh, but why not, right? <laughs> just wrap up, put him in bubble wrap. Yeah, yeah. Just, just I, I think even mentally, let him, Al, let just, just being like, take it off, go into the off season, get your strength back up, do your normal stuff. But, you know, we don't need you to be a hero for the last three weeks of the season. But, but they want to pitch Nando. I know. Al, you're right. Jerry's familiar wants to pitch. <laughs> well, then, but go for it. Despite that, despite pitchers wanting to pitch, Zach Wheeler has been shut down. So that's one Mets pitcher you are not going to see this year. Uh, Matt Harvey, on the other hand, has another rehab start uh, coming. I've not seen anything in terms of a date. All these Mets updates, by the way, uh, are from the New York Post. And Noah Syndergaard, who was supposed to start throwing yesterday, is now headed to Florida uh, to start his throwing program. Not sure if that starts tomorrow, but it it certainly sounds imminent. And uh, sticking with some pitcher news here, Greg Holland, uh, another really rough outing. Uh, His last six outings collectively have been pretty horrid. But Bud Black said after the game that his, his instinct, I think was the word he used, was to keep Holland as his closer. Um. So how, how do we treat that one? Because, well, uh, I'll, I'll well, get, you, you throw in your two cents and then I'll, I'll, I'll withhold comment. Well, I, I, um, I thought of it more in the context of a starting pitcher. Uh, you know, when he comes back from, from missing a year or so and having Tommy John and stuff, and, and you know, what, what does it look like in terms of innings and how hard he can go and when he gets his dead arm and when he gets gassed out? That's, that's how I was viewing it, like, you know, you take a guy who's missed time and just throw him right into this high-profile closer mix where he's got to just throw as hard as he can and use all of his tools. Um, maybe this is just a, a slight, you know, week and a half, two week kind of dead armish period uh, before he turns it back on again. That's my instinct, uh, but I could be wrong. This is kind of a new territory, I think, in a way. Well, I, I mean, that analysis makes a whole lot of sense, and and in a way, what. But Black is saying to me, doesn't or not, he's not saying to me personally? He didn't you know call me up or anything? What he is saying to reporters um, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I and I I think I kind of get it that uh, you want to show loyalty, and that there's a you know maybe a mental slash emotional part of this equation. But I just think it would make a whole lot of sense to give Holland a few days off, maybe a week, right? Because it's not like they don't have viable alternatives. Um, Pat Nishik has been terrific as a as a setup uh, reliever both for the Phillies and for the Rockies and Jake McGee uh you know had a pretty good season so let them let them do the platoon thing sure why not yeah right so I I think there's some chance that that still happens but I think that is made for a committee type situation there or you know let's say that you think that uh you know, maybe Holland goes out and has another horrible outing, and Bud Black's really left with no choice but to to shelve him for a while. Is there somebody there that you think is worth speculating on? I don't. I think you'd have to look at that as first of all, like you said, the platoon uh, is probably something that would happen. Um, and secondly, I, I do think. I mean, would he miss three weeks of Holland? How many saves do you get out of that? Like maybe say six chances, four saves. Um, I don't think it's worth making a big push and trying to play the guessing game. Um, 
it's just one of the, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's reckless, but I think that move, like, even talk about Nishek, um, doesn't know how to pitch in Colorado. You know what I mean? Maybe he does. I'm sure he's a veteran. He could probably adjust, but you're talking about Greg Holland, a guy who's been in Colorado the entire year. Um, talk about the options that they have, just none of them kind of jump out, if that makes sense. I don't think there's going to be enough opportunity and saves yeah. there for you to go after someone hard and risk hurting your ERA and whip just to get like two saves out of it. I, I agree. I absolutely agree with all of that. Um, unless there's some development that, you know, he's going to be out for a while and I wouldn't jump the gun on that. So no, I, I absolutely agree with all that. Uh, now the, yesterday was a busy, busy day in terms of bullpens and, and closer news and all that. Uh, Zach Britton broke his, uh, consecutive save streak it's 60 saves that's an american league record buck showalter thinks that's a major league record because he doesn't he he puts a big asterisk or, or something worse maybe next to the gagne uh record for the major <laughs> leagues because he did it uh, while on on peds allegedly um, but uh, allegedly and allegedly and i shouldn't say he was yeah because uh, i don't know if that coincided with the streak or not um but Britain went for an MRI on his knee. He's got a, apparently a long-standing issue with the uh, with the knee and aggravated it yesterday, and the MRI came back clean. So, um, you know, I don't know what the future holds for Zach Britton, but I would think between the knee problem that he's having, regardless of the MRI results, and the way that he's pitched, I mean, in a way, I think he's very lucky that he didn't snap the streak sooner because since he's since he came back from the DL back in early July, he's just really been a shadow of his previous self so is this situation a better uh, a better site for speculation than the than the holland one you think um you know i that's a tough one al i think britain there's de- there's definitely something wrong with britain um i think just kind of like the proof is in the pudding yeah. but if you're asking me if it's like if i would go for brad brock or uh Adafino, let's just say i had that one open spot i don't know someone got sent down or whatever mm-hmm. I think I would go with Brock, given the choice, because I think there's very set up. Okay. We know we know who that closer is going to be. If something's wrong with Britain, we know who that closer is going to be. Um, Colorado, yeah. you got three guys who can take that role. Yeah, uh, and and I do agree. Just based on the usage patterns, I mean, I think based on performance, it should be Michael Givens. I think he should have been closing, you know, probably about a month ago. But he's still being used, you know, quite a bit, like in the sixth and seventh inning. I think he came in in the sixth yesterday to relieve Bundy. Uh, so Brock has been very consistently the eighth inning setup guy for Britain, even though he's not really pitched well for a while. But yeah, I'm not. So I'm, I'm not really too interested in either one of those situations. Anyhow, we got we got a lot more news left, but we gotta go to break first. So uh, stick around. We'll uh, give you an update on Kelvin Ferreira. And the Cardinals closer situation, some non closer stuff. Talk about Rich Hill, Reese Hoskins, lots to come. We'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Mel Melfior. It is Nando Thursday, so that means Nando DeFino is in the studio for the whole show. And uh, Nando and I will get to a whole bunch of stuff, uh, including the idea I've come up with name for the, the fish, for the office fish. Um, but before that, you do need to know that you can now take the world's premier 24-7 fantasy sports radio network with you. Network with you. Like, I've never said this before. Wherever <laughs> you go, download the Fantasy Sports Radio app in the iTunes Store or on Google Play and listen for free anytime, anywhere. You can hear Tony Sincata on the treadmill or Greg Sussman while you're on the subway or relax with the king on the couch or with Jake Seeley when you're out jogging. We'll keep you updated and informed wherever you go. So get the Fantasy Sports Radio app for free right now in the iTunes Store or on Google Play and take the experts with you. All right, Nando, you ready? Yes. Fish name, Paul Goldfish. Uh, <laughs> I put it on the list. <laughs> That's Al, this is why you're the best. Response. This is why you're the best. <laughs> I, you know, I had to get a, a baseball-related name in there. <laughs> That's great. This is Al. I think that took <laughs> tops ten minutes for you to come up with a name for this fish. Well, you know, not to brag, but actually it was less than that because I really didn't think about it until the break. <laughs> it probably took me a minute or two after going through through you know some pretty lame options. Uh, like he's what's it like goldfish? He's the master, oh, yeah. everybody. He's the master. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, Paul Goldfish. Neither one is in the notes. Um, <laughs> so we'll talk about some other. Some other players. Um, so uh, I think there was something else here uh, that I wanted. To, oh, Robbie Ray, I wanted to talk about. I wanted to kind of skip forward to today because uh, I mentioned he he started against the Mets. Sure. Pretty nice comeback start. Five innings, one run, nine strikeouts, only two hits and two walks. I'm. That's, that is good to see. I'm happy whenever anyone comes back from an injury like that. I, I just feel like Robbie oh, Ray absolutely. Robbie Ray got so so hot uh this preseason. It just it got to the point of annoyance for me. Um and so I've just kinda I, I don't have on any teams. I I'm really Alan, this is to my, my fault. I I'm uh I'm not really giving him a chance like I probably should, but um I don't know, I didn't like his ERA. I, I love the strikeouts, but I thought the whip was super high. Um and it just it, things just didn't add up for me with Robbie Ray, so I didn't his price was too high. If he was like a $5 auction pitcher, yeah, but he was going high teens, and I just couldn't couldn't stomach that. Yeah, I think the only league I had him in, and I traded him because I thought he was a sell-high guy midseason, uh, was the, the Scott White Dynasty League. Um, and I think, he, um, yeah, he was a carryover from last year, so he was, so he was cheap, so that kind of goes against uh, what you're talking about. Um, I didn't have to pay you know, 2017 market value for him. But yeah, uh, certainly rooting for him all the way now and a a really nice first start back uh, after uh, getting hit with a comebacker. So uh, good, good, uh, good deal for Robbie Ray. Uh, The Diamondbacks lead that one, by the way, three to two, bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, Let's get back to the closer news because there's a lot of it. We talked about uh, Zach Britton, Greg Holland, Trevor Rosenthal is going to have Tommy John surgery next week. It seems like, Nando, everything that I read, it's Sangwano, Sangwano, he's the closer. I don't, I don't think Sangwano is the closer. 
or at least if he is, I don't think he's going to be like by early next week. I think it's Tyler Lyons. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Tyler Lyons like your pro? Wasn't it? Was that the guy when we were at CBS who you loved? I was not, no, no, I was not a Tyler Lyons guy. I'm trying to think who that might have been. It was probably Scott White. It wasn't him though. I'm could have been, could have been. Um, but I'm I'm on board now. I just he's just been a lot better than O. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know he's so. Al, I've we'll recently, see, yeah, that one. but I actually, I, yeah, I've had to apologize to. I don't remember who it was, but you know when you give people help in like March and you're like, oh, I really love it. They, someone asked me, who do you think is the like the most solid, dependable closer in baseball? And I said, I think it's Sung Wan Oh, like the guy had amazing numbers last year. You look at it, you know, everywhere else he has these amazing numbers. There's no competition for his job because at the time Rosenthal was stretching out. They're gonna make him a starter too. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no yep. no idea that Sung Wano was going to crash and burn so hard this year. No, no, nothing. Oh, nothing was warning not. me. Yeah. No, no, I, I didn't see this at all. I thought he was one of the reliable guys. And if I, you know, not to, yeah, it's too bad this is you know the last Thursday show. I don't know if you're you know available to come on a Saturday show at some point, but I'd love to do kind of a lessons learned show later on in the year because. Um, I, I, just as a, a preview to what that might be, I, I feel like I jumped the gun on way too many guys who had one good season this year, like Sungwano, like Jonathan VR. Um, yeah, but they were, you know, those I guys got, were careening I, I just, I, in their backgrounds. There were there were numbers that supported those big seasons, mm-hmm. like VR. VR, well, yeah, certainly VR. Yeah. yeah. And I think Sungwano, if you look at his his numbers uh, overseas, and they, it pointed to him being good. And I think it's just, you know, <laughs> by excuse for all of them is maybe these guys have been hurt all season. And, and maybe, I mean, a lot of times that is what happens, you know, and that's what we found out uh, was the deal with Steven Matz because that was, uh, if it wasn't an injury, there was no way to explain what happened with him this year. Exactly. So, who knows? Who knows? If, if that's the case, we'll find out, you know, probably like in February. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm all about uh, getting Tyler Lyons, and, and he seems to be pretty cheap and pretty available. And, and just to add one more thing about that, when I say I don't think O's the closer, that's also just based on Mike Matheny's comments because he hasn't just come out and said he's the closer. Uh, there was a piece in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch where he was quoted, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't remember the exact quote, but something along the lines of, you know, he's in the discussion. Right. Um, so... You know, I, I to me that's that's not a, a strong vote of confidence. Uh, now, good news here: Kelvin Herrera uh, was pulled the other night with forearm tightness, and then there was a report in the Kansas City Star yesterday that he could have been ready to come back as soon as last night. Today, that was confirmed that he was actually available last night if needed, which he wasn't, and he'll be available again today if the Royals have a, a save situation. And I'm just gonna blow through a few uh, news items here really quickly because. Lots to get to performance-wise. But Max Scherzer played catch yesterday, but he's not going to be ready to return to the Nationals rotation tomorrow as initially uh, anticipated. Uh, But it may just be a matter of a few days before Scherzer's ready to come back. Uh, Ned Yo said that Mike Moustakis is dealing with a leg issue. He felt a a pop in his knee last night, according to MLB.com. However, there's no report of any structural damage there, and it's expected that Moustakis is going to return on Friday, Travis Shaw had x-rays on his right foot last night. He fouled the ball, ball off of it. And if you are recalling that he had a 
an injury already with his right foot. You are remembering correctly, he has a, a bone bruise there, so he apparently was walking around in, in a boot after the game, uh, but x-rays are negative, so that's that's good news there for Travis Shaw. Jason Castro has been placed on the DL. He left yesterday with concussion-like symptoms. Twins are calling up Zach Granite, who I practiced during the break, Nando, because I, I was afraid I was going to call him Rock Granite, which is what his name should be. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, the Red Sox acquired uh, Rajay Davis from the Oakland A's in exchange for 18-year-old rookie ball outfielder Rafael Rincones. So that's all the news for now. I tried not so, to. I, I tried to keep quiet. <laughs> uh, well, now now we can blab blab our mouths off about Rich Hill because uh, we've not talked about him enough. So, yeah, just missed the no-hitter yesterday, uh, had a no-hitter through nine innings, then gave up the, the Josh Harrison bomb in the 10th, walk-off homer. Uh, so finished with nine innings, the one hit, the one run, no walks, 10 strikeouts. Um, but I, you know, in the notes, Nando, you see I put kind of some mixed signals, some mixed trends for Rich Hill. And that's just so Rich Hill, right? Because just when you think, that the coast is clear and he's a stud and you start him every week, he either goes into a slump or, or there's, you know, there's a blister or there's some problem. So how do you view Rich Hill from this point on out? Uh, exactly with that kind of dichotomy. Uh, from this point out, though, I would think, <laughs> look, I, I, Al, I think last year was the year when you'd have to be concerned that Hill's going to run out of gas because he, you know, hadn't been starting, was you know reliever starter, that whole thing. Uh, I think, you know, his arm's conditioned up to the point where he can do a full season of innings this year. Uh, so I'm not really that, – that's yeah. not the excuse I'm, I'm going for. I think just maybe – I don't know, maybe the, there's some film out now on Rich Hill. Like people will be able to study him a little better. He's still able to be masterful like this. Um, it'd be interesting – honestly, my advice is it'll be interesting to see what happens in September with Rich Hill. But my guess is they make it to the postseason um, pretty easily, and he's he dominates in the postseason. Maybe he takes the next month to kind of ease off a little bit. Um Obviously, this doesn't fit my idea, but uh, I, I do think like postseason Rich Hill will be great for the next month of fantasy. I would be a little afraid. I mean, they got a spot locked up. He's one of the top pitchers for them. Uh, I'd be a little wary. Yeah, no, I think that the wariness is definitely. I don't know. I don't know what's going to take to remove that for me. But you know, like I mentioned in the notes, I put some conflicting things. He's only prior to this one had uh, two quality starts in his uh, previous six game started uh he allowed a 556 slugging percentage over his three prior starts and that's the thing with rachel is he can give up some extra base hits but if you go back further to the beginning of july he's thrown strikes at a 71 percent rate gotten whiffs at a 13 percent rate called strikes at 24 percent rate which are all just crazy good ratios so yeah He's frustrating and confusing, but usually awesome. So, anyhow, we'll leave Rich Hill behind for now. we got a lot more to talk about, including the other players in that game, Trevor Williams, uh, Luke Weaver, Mark Leiter with good starts, uh, and some big-time hitter performances to break down as well. So, we will be right back after this break.
It's the summer, but you can already feel the howl of the winter wind. You don't want to go to the beach. You want to break out that heavy coat and head for the stadium parking lot because nothing makes you feel warmer than football season. But you don't have to wait for the calendar to flip a few times at rotoexperts.com where fantasy football season has already started. The award-winning team at Roto Experts has you ready for the new campaign with the return of the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package for 2017. Packed with tons of in-depth insights from the industry's top experts, we get you fully prepared for a championship campaign with a deluxe draft package that includes projections, strategy articles, sleepers, busts, a cheat sheet generator, and so much more. And you're guaranteed additional access throughout the regular season. So put your gloves on now, even while it's hot outside, and get into mid-season form. Go to rotoexperts.com and register for the 2017 Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter code FREE RADIO at checkout for a very special discount. Back everybody, you are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, your host, guest today, as uh, is, is often the case on Thursdays, Nando DeFino from right here at Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, Nando, let's take a quick peek at the lineups and weather. Um, so, like I said, not too many games tonight, just six of them. Uh, got a handful, actually quite a few of the lineups are in. Uh, Indians lineup is in, and no Carlos Santana which I just assumed was because Chris Sale was pitching, but he is having a back issue. So uh, you got Yandy Diaz DHing for the Indians and in batting seventh. And for the Cubs, Rene Rivera, I don't think he started yet for them, but no, uh, no Alex Avila against Sal Romano tonight. Rene Rivera. Sal Romano. Cubs catcher. Yeah. Just and want to say his name. Good, yeah. good start. Yeah. Good start. I think it was the last time out. I believe he was uh, when Tony Singrani was kind of sort of in the mix for closing for the Reds two years ago, three years ago. Marcel Romano. Yeah. His nemesis. His name kept popping up. <laughs> That's oh, all. That <laughs> Memories. Flying up is out. <laughs> uh, this is great. I've actually, I, I didn't even think about this until the break. And- style um, is leading off and uh, playing right field for the White Sox tonight against the Twins and Jose Barrios and last night writers Al Al you're coming in and out uh, I thought it was my headphones but obviously not because we only buy the greatest equipment here at the Fantasy Sports Network um, I got Al's notes so I'm just going to go with it right who wants to come along with me? <laughs> I want to talk about Trevor Williams' eight scoreless innings, seven hits, four walks, five strikeouts versus the Dodgers, which I guess is overshadowed by the Rich Hill performance. Nando's take, don't care. Luke Weaver, <laughs> Luke Weaver, though, this is the reason why. Luke Weaver, who uh, I co-own teams. I don't know how many people out there actually co-own teams with people, um, but I do because I think it – oh, Al, we were just talking about Luke Weaver here on the show. Me and me and Paul Goldfish. Okay, well, yeah. let's keep keep talking. Okay. <laughs> I was talking. About, <laughs> I uh, I co-own a team with uh, with Greg Sussman, uh, the the Greenwich Street Tavern Baseball League, 
And we've had a love-hate affair with Luke Weaver. Like, um, when he was tearing up the PCL in a way that no one's seen since Jimmy Nelson. Uh, I wanted Luke Weaver so bad. I'm like, he's going to get called up in like two days. And then he hurt his back and it pushed it back. But we just kept him on our roster because there's no one better. It's a big league. Um, and now Luke Weaver is yeah. finally fulfilling his potential. And he's on our team. And it feels great. And it should feel great, yeah. So, again, I, I'm sorry. I must have missed about a minute or so there. But uh, so all right, I was going to ask you, seven scoreless innings against the Padres with 10Ks. Is it the Padres or is it Luke Weaver or, or is it both? I think it's a little bit of both. I'm gonna, I, we're going to consider this one the confidence-boosting start that he needed. <laughs> I like it. I yeah. like it. Uh, all right. Did you uh, happen to discuss Trevor Williams while I was disconnected there? <laughs> Very briefly. I, just, I said he was overshadowed by Rich Hill. Well, Al, you can go back and listen. I said he was overshadowed by Rich Hill, and that's okay. all. I didn't really give much analysis on Trevor Williams. You know what? I don't really want to either because <laughs> to me it's, it's kind of fluky that he had such a great start. You know, he's, he's fine, but uh, eight scrolls things against the Dodgers, good. I, I don't see it. Well, how about Mark Leiter then? Uh, I was all kinds of excited about him a couple weeks ago when he had those back-to-back relief appearances where he struck out, I think it was 16 batters over nine and a third and uh, had some insane number of swings and misses on the splitter. And then he came out and got you, that earned him a spot in the rotation and came out and, and kind of laid an egg. But a good start last night against the Marlins, seven scoreless with uh, five strikeouts and just one hit. So um, I don't think it's fair to say is that Mark Leiter or is that the Marlins because the Marlins are pretty good offensively. Right, they have so, some very scary offensive weapons in there. That, that they do. So uh, several of them homered today against the uh, Phillies. <laughs> so uh, what's your take on Mark Leiter going forward? Encouraging, fluky start? Well, Leiter, I think... I think we've talked about it on this show before where if you go through the minor league numbers and they got a high ERA, but you go across and look at the whip and the whip's, you know, like a sub one, two, you might ascribe that to a poor defense in the minor leagues and things like that. Uh, and that's lighter in a nutshell, yeah. you know, the plus three ERA, but a, I think his whip in his entire minor league career is just around 1.2. Um, strikeout rate was okay. I, I'm not sure he's a strikeout pitcher, but I, I think he could turn into like remember Patrick Corbin's first year in the majors when he was just control didn't have a ton of strikeouts but had enough i think that's what we'd be looking at here yeah i agree i agree uh, i think the stuff just you know in the two starts hasn't really translated from being a reliever but still enough there particularly in this last start like i said it against a pretty good lineup uh that i find pretty encouraging and then mike montgomery uh back in the cubs rotation tossed six scoreless against uh, a pretty good reds lineup so same question there. Obviously, uh, a good performance against a team with with some weapons, but is that enough to to gain his tr- to gain your trust in him? I no. I was well. You know, I, I co-owned a team with Chris Vaccaro, who's one of the smartest fantasy guys I know, and he was in love with Mike Montgomery. I think we still have him on some of the um, NFBC draft champions teams, uh, but I was never I. I liked him as a reliever. I thought he found his groove as a reliever. And then, you know, like, why push him back into the starting role if he was so awesome as this middle reliever? Um, and I think it turns into bad habits and blah, blah, blah. And that turned me on to Eddie Butler. Uh, so long story short, I, Mike Montgomery, I'm not crazy about it. I thought his role was long relief. And I, I don't know. That's where I stand. Okay. Well, you know, I guess sort of a similar situation then to Mark Leiter Jr. Maybe not a long shelf life in the rotation, but as long as they're there, which one would you rather start? I, w- I think I'd rather start uh, lighter, actually. I I think he has, you know what, the difference here for me is he has the strikeout potential that Montgomery probably doesn't have. 
Um, and all things being equal, I'll go with the strikeouts. I'm, you know, wish we could disagree about something, but that's, that's not going to be it. Well, it's the last, so last I, nod to Thursday. I'm, I'm, that's right. So all, all smiles on uh, the final Nando Thursday. And then three more pitchers I just kind of want to uh, uh, deal with quickly here because I, I'm, I'm just dying to get to this Reese Hoskins discussion. <laughs> but Dylan Bundy with a <laughs> Dylan Bundy with a really nice start. I mean, just uh, uh, kind of a bare quality start in terms of it being six innings and three runs. But eight strikeouts, no walks against the A's. And no homers, which is the thing that I did not expect. And he's done well in August, 2.67 ERA, a lot of strikeouts, only four walks, uh, 33 strikeouts to be exact in 27 innings. Uh, so the strikeouts are not a problem. And I think I said on an earlier show, if you could just take him and kind of morph him with uh, somebody who gets a few more ground balls, you'd have an absolute stud. But that's unfortunately not not his deal. And Matt Moore, you know, maybe I, I think not as good, but sort of a, in a similar uh, vein. A uh, good start against the Brewers, went six innings, just one run with six Ks. Uh, that's three straight quality starts for Matt Moore. And home runs have been a problem for him, too. So um, I'm, I, I would expect you would prefer Bundy to Moore, but tell me if I'm wrong about that. But I think the more controversial question is how trustworthy are either of them in, in say, a 12-team mixed league. I hate, you know, I go back to the innings thing with Bundy. Um... I just I assume this is running out of gas. Maybe he hit his dead arm for that. I own Bundy in a lot of leagues, and I've been through the rough patch. And I'm not 100% sure we're on the outside of it yet. I think there's maybe some more, you know, two-thirds. I'm sorry, three and two-thirds of inning, eight-run kind of performances on the horizon. Um, next year, I think he'll be amazing. Matt Moore, on the other hand, I, I feel like he's veteran enough to have worked through all these issues. And this is the real Matt Moore, and he's going to be strong for the rest of the year, kind of like he was last year. Um, for next year, keeper league, dynasty league, whatever, I would want Dylan Bundy uh, hard. But uh, right now, I think Matt Moore is the way to go for the rest of the year. I think just the veteran way of working out your issues. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised myself, okay. Al. Well, I, I, made, I made an assumption, which I shouldn't have done. <laughs> and then finally, because uh, you know what happens when you make an assumption. That's right. Zach Godley, not a, not a great start against the Mets. <laughs> five innings, uh, three runs, not terrible, two earned runs, but only five innings. Uh, and he's not been going as deep into starts, been walking a lot more batters, so that typically goes up in efficiency. 18 walks in his last four, 41 and a third innings. Are you concerned? Uh, kind of, a little bit. Um, he's another guy I love. I actually traded him to Scott White in our BP Kings League. And uh, and Scott, uh-huh. he gave me a lot for him. It was like Lou Croy right when he went to Colorado and a couple other nice pieces. And I think a pick was in there. And I'm like, Scott, like, I'll do I the trade. Scott loves him some Zach Godley. Yeah, and I'm like, well, you should explain <laughs> to me like, why you – like, I like Godley. I thought I was like the leader in loving Zach Godley. But Scott White um, pointed out some statistics, you know, the high strikeout rate, the ability to keep the ball in the park, blah, blah, blah. He loves Zach Godley. I yeah. defer all the answers on Zach Godley to Scott White at this. Like, I like Godley a lot. Scott White loves Zach Godley. Uh, I missed my opportunity. I did the CBS podcast yesterday, which was super fun. With Scott and, and Adam Azer. Oh, nice. So, uh, have to save that one for the next time, I guess. Or have Scott back on this show. Yeah, that's, there uh, you go. Right, well, have well, Scott on your show. The... We'd have to rely on Adam Azer. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have them both on. Maybe you can get them both on. That was so fun. Talk to the two of them together. Oh, don't you love those uh, the reunions? All right, well, let's, let's get this Reese. 
I do. I do. They're the best. These are the best. Aren't they? Is Reese, is Reese Hoskins the best, though? He's good, man. He's really good. And I think he's, he's, he's going to get caught. <laughs> people are paying so much attention to football right now that next year I don't think a lot of people are going to know who Reese Hoskins is. Uh, I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right about that. But the people who are paying attention are uh, really seeing, seeing the show here. And you know, we kind of alluded to this earlier, but um, it's kind of hard to find. Or actually, we didn't really. We kind of were very sly about hinting at it. The question I have about Hoskins is, who's he like? What's a good comp? I'm not sure that there is one. I think I got one. So we can I both put think, our thick- I think I got one. All right, I was going to say, put, a, put our thicky caps on over this break, or at least I need to, and we'll come back and uh, we'll share and discuss. So uh, you'll want to hear that. Stick around. We'll be right back. Quarterback to receiver hookups. Running back depth analysis. Rookie values in dynasty leagues, deep sleepers, training camp battles. These are just a few of the in-depth features you will find inside the 2017 RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Plus, you get a full year of in-season coverage as a bonus. Get the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package now at RotoExperts.com. Enter free radio at checkout for your special discount. Welcome back, everybody. This is Dan Rack Fans of Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, your host. Nadia Davino is my special guest today for the whole show. And where there's any other, there's Dido. They seem to be a package deal. So, um, let's get back to Reese Hoskins. So, Nadia, you said you've got uh, an idea of who'd be a great comp. Well, I have an idea. He's, a, he's an unusual... Yeah, he is. Oh, sorry, complete your thought. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there, Al. That was terrible of me. He is an unusual player with the the combination of uh, good contact skills, great plate discipline, immense power, uh, a very high fly ball rate. I mean, it's just I, I could not think of a single current player that has that same combination. Well, I didn't get um, as deep as you did with the, the fly ball rate. I didn't have a chance to check any of that. But so I'm looking at Hoskins, and I'm thinking of the, the sluggers who we've had in the last several years. Uh, but it's got to be a slugger who, you know, has that close walk-to-strikeout rate, close enough walk-to-strikeout rate, who isn't just a strikeout guy. Um, and so I started poking around Jim Tomei's baseball reference page, and you throw in a few steals in there, too, Ooh. for good measure. It's not exact, right? So uh, Tomei walked more. He had a 402 on base percentage, 276 average. Uh, right now, all we got to go on is Hoskins minor leagues. You know, he had a 375 on base and a 287 batting average. Um, but I think, I mean, if you're if you're looking for a comp, maybe Tony is the guy you, you start to look at and kind of work off of that. I looked up, you oh, know, that Don, is good. Don Baylor stole too many bases. Um, even uh, Travis Hafner, I, I didn't think he was prolific. Not as good a match as, as Tomei was. Uh, but I mean, this is from you know in the last two hours. I'm sure if I had a full day to kind of mess around with things i could probably get closer but <laughs> we'll just leave time to feed the fish that's more important only once a day Al. I, 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 six I, seven a, pellets once a day that's it okay yeah yeah you don't want to overfeed so uh that leaves you time to think think more about this but i think you might have nailed it with jim Tomey. that is Thanks. outstanding i was focusing <laughs> more you. on current players I'm, I'm not sure i'm not sure there's a current one because the this all started when i was thinking about okay how am i gonna 
introduce this this part of the show and talk about him. And I thought, you know, he's Joey Gallo without the strikeouts. And I thought, well, I could do better than that. <laughs> so I started looking and, you know, I thought, well, maybe Anthony Rizzo, but Rizzo doesn't hit as many fly balls. And I thought Todd Frazier, but, um, you, you know, I don't think Frazier at this point in his career has as much power. Um, but I think Hos- so, yeah, I think Hoskins has the average a, too, though. That's 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 the part that got me with Hoskins was yeah. He's not like a two fifty six. He's got a two eighty seven career minor league average over nineteen hundred plate appearances. Well, yeah, and with he's got uh, two hits, including the homer today in this uh, game against the Marlins. Marlins just went up by the way nine to eight, and he is now up to two eighty eight batting average before today. What I put in the notes here is, uh, there it is, 271. A 271, 407, 729, ridiculous slash line with only a 28% ground ball rate and a 188 BABIP. So that, like I said, that, that combination just is ridiculous. Um, but, you know, he doesn't strike out much, so the BABIP is not as, as much of a worry. Uh, but uh, let's, let's uh, get on to a few other players. We had a couple of two home run hitters uh, on uh on Wednesday, Adrian Beltre hit his 15th and 16th, and he's been better this year. Granted, he's missed a lot of time. He's been better this year than he was last year. So is this another year in 2018 where we say, well, Adrian Beltre, he's really old and he's going to fall off the map, or you know, do we take take him seriously again? I think we take him seriously. He, he just keeps doing it, Al. I mean, like, it's... it's I, you doubt the guy until he stops doing it. And then you're, if you're stuck holding Adrian Beltre at the price he's going to go for next year... Uh, it won't be that crushing of a blow. It's not like you're getting Adrian Beltre in the third round. Yeah. Good, good point. And just to close things out, a two-over game for Kevin Kiermeyer, who's just been awesome since uh, returning off the DL. So, Nando, thank you so, so much for today and all the Nando Thursdays and looking forward to more uh, maybe in the offseason and certainly next year. So, uh, thanks a lot, Nando. Good times, Al. <laughs>